The Sports Complex of the Horn. Hour two here on the Sports Complex, getting in to some Texas baseball. Kicking off their season in just a few hours, getting ready for the start of hopefully a long run all the way to Omaha and more and getting the celebrations and all of that that we're hoping Texas gets starts tonight. We'll also talk uh, Cowboys hired some more members of their staff today. They can start working on some other decisions. We've heard that uh, they said they need to get hired. They need to fill out their staff before they can move forward. They've hired some more. We'll talk about those and some possible free agent decisions that the Cowboys are going to have to make. We'll also talk some uh, Texas basketball earlier in the show. We talked some NBA All-Star Weekend earlier in the show. We are asking you who is the greatest dunker of all time on that list. We have a couple good names. Sean Kemp has come up a bunch. Dominique Wilkins has come up a number of times. Vince Carter, Vince Carter, who we just announced a few minutes ago, is a finalist for the the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, that will be, uh, they just announced the finalist. Chauncey Billups, also a name up as a finalist for the Hall of Fame coming up uh, for basketball. It is basketball. A lot more people get in. I, I'm more of a fan of that. I get that it's not, I get people want to say, well, the Hall of Fame means Hall of Fame. I think we all know, like that, I, I don't like leaving in the hands of a group of like 50 people that they get to decide the fate of who all these who we who we think of as the greatest because they mess it up constantly. So I don't trust that system. I say put everybody in a Hall of Fame that's been that was great, and then we can go through the Hall of Fame and go, oh, that guy's better than that. Of course, that guy's better. I don't. I, I don't. I don't necessarily need the the you know super mega. We have the the most elite Hall of Fame ever because there's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. There's a lot of players who don't deserve to be in it anymore. And they're never going to come out. And there's people that got in because they played for the Yankees or the Dodgers. And everybody loved them. But they weren't the best players. They just played for big teams. And smaller market guys don't get in because they didn't get the love. And because back in the day, it was harder to watch them. You know, it's like Nolan Ryan never won a Cy Young. And you want to tell me these guys are picking the Hall of Fame? And in football, it's great that you have it. But, you know, that you're, you're a bit more exclusive. That's fine, but Darren Woodson's not in, and he should be, but he's not because he's getting excluded because they already put in too many Cowboys, and that's just silly. So I get it. The, 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 the basketball's probably too far the other way that almost everybody gets in. Like Vince Carter is not a Hall of Famer in any other sport than basketball, but he'll be a Hall of Famer in basketball. Uh, like So I get it maybe a little too far, but I'm more for that when you're trying to teach the history of your game and you're trying to teach people to fall in love with the old game and, and watch old film and watch you know the history of it and learn how to play and learn to pick people from different people's games, I, I you know and appreciating the history of the game, I appreciate that more than no only watch this team and only watch these five guys. This is what was great. This is because it was my childhood. I like these guys and no one else is and no one should get in from the '90s in baseball because they were cheating and they cheated before and they've cheated since. But we're gonna we know they took steroids. So we're, you know, and it was the most fun time anybody had watching baseball, but we're taking that away. I just don't, I don't like putting it in the hands of such a small group of people to be so, you know, inclusive for, yeah, I, I prefer the NBA version. I'm, I know I'm very much in the minority on that one. Uh, but I think if you're trying to say, if I'm going to the hall of fame and I go, I don't want to talk about who's not there. I want to talk about who is there. 
I'd prefer that. I'd prefer to see more people in than less because I'm more of a let's go see the game and see the greatest plays and the greatest players and not, well, they, they, just, they were great, but they weren't great enough. Just my opinion. Just riles me up. So Vince Carter's you know, probably going to get in. Chauncey Billups will probably get in, which he wouldn't get in on any other Hall of Fame. It's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, text line still open, 512-447-3776. Who is the greatest dunker of all time? Keep sending those in if you want to talk basketball or you want to talk some football, we can go there. Also, uh, we should, we should say, we told you, uh, Texas baseball does start tonight, 7 o'clock, uh, Longhorn Network. You can check that out. Number 16 is where Texas starts in the poll, going against the San Diego team. That is a, it's a, from the WCC. Uh, the Western Coast Conference, uh, they're not a powerhouse team. They do have some players on there that are decent. They're predicted to end, uh, predicted to finish number two in the Western Conference, uh, Western Coast Conference. Uh, so they're not a pushover team. There's somebody that's going to go after you early. And, you know, you know, in baseball, you, you let a couple runs go, anything can happen. Uh, LeBaron Johnson Jr., going to be the ace for the Longhorns this season, gets the start tonight. Uh, they're still going to be trying to figure out that rotation, figure out how, the arms, how they're doing right now for Texas. They are lucky. They have a lot of talent on this team. Uh, we'll be able to cover it more and more as the season goes on and we see who's performing at a high level uh, and who what the Texas is doing. But uh, a good start, a three-game series this weekend against uh, against the San, Di- against San Diego in a uh, – all. Ble- I believe all games are on Longhorn Network. Uh, so we'll get the last last big run of Longhorn Network before we lose it when Texas gets to the SEC. Uh, let's talk a little NFL real quick. Uh, we'll do this. We'll go back to the line. We'll go back to the NFL. How about that? Uh, the NFL, the Cowboys did hire a couple of uh, defensive uh, coaches. They are trying to fill out that Mike Zimmer staff after they lost some guys to the uh, lost some guys to the Commanders and uh, Dernig went to the uh, Seahawks. Uh, they have now hired a defensive line coach, uh, Jeff Zagonina. Jeff Zagonina is how I believe it's pronounced. Uh, the defensive line coach, he comes, uh, he's coached before at San Francisco. He was with Washington last. He comes in uh, highly recommended as a defensive line coach. Your assistant D-line coach is actually a former Cowboy, Greg Ellis. If you remember Greg Ellis, played for the Cowboys from uh, 1998 to 2008. Uh, he started his coaching career kind of oddly. He was not necessarily an assistant coach a lot of places. He started as a head coach of Texas College, a small school, then went to SAGU, was a head coach at both of those. Uh, and then I think realized that he wanted to go and take on bigger things, gets the opportunity uh, from Jerry Jones and Mike Zimmer to come back and be a part of this uh, Dallas Cowboys coaching staff as the assistant D-line coach, see how he fits into that world. Uh, interesting hire. I like bringing in an ex-player that can kind of show a different look, uh, especially in a Mike Zimmer-run team where we know Mike Zimmer is not necessarily going to be as Player friendly as Dan Quinn was, you know, there's reports that some people thought Dan Quinn was too nice and too uh, giving to his players. That it took away some that players were able to kind of take advantage of him at points. That's reports. We don't know. You know, you can form your own conclusions on those types of things. Uh, but that is, those are some of the reports. Is that uh, Dan Quinn may have been a little bit too nice to some of the players, and Mike Zimmer is not known to be that guy. He's known to be fair. And a really good coach, but not necessarily as much as the player coach Dan Quinn was. So you bring in a Greg Ellis, who could be more of a player coach, understands how to talk to the players pretty well, uh, be a piece of that, building that D-line. And, you know, with Micah Parsons, that's somebody where you're going to be talking. He's kind of in the the D-line meetings more than linebackers. We'll see what 
Mike Zimmer does with him. That's one of the big questions with his free agency looming uh, is that where how does Mike Zimmer and Mike, Micah Parsons' relationship goes? Uh, but we'll hopefully see Greg uh, Ellis be a big part of connecting that gap between the two. Uh, they also have hired the defensive run scheme or defensive run game coach, which was a big hole uh, for the Cowboys last season, bringing you know stopping the run. They have brought in a coach to do that, uh, Paul Gunther, who Paul Gunther was actually with uh, Mike Zimmer in uh, Cincinnati for about four years. When Mike Zimmer went on to take the Minnesota head coaching job, Gunther took over as a DC in Cincinnati, so he has a long relationship with him. The thought is that he's going to be brought in right now with Mike Zimmer, and depending on how the staff goes going forward, he may move up in the staff there as well and is somebody that if Mike Zimmer does decide at some point that he's done coaching, that uh, Paul Gunther is a guy he trusts to take over for him uh, and build that same type of defense. So uh, a person that a lot of people like, he does have defensive coordinator experience. So somebody with a lot of experience at at a high level of defensive coaching uh, is a good thing to see to bring in uh, when you're hiring these coaches and puts him on probably the biggest hole that that, that Dallas' defense had last season which was allowing running uh, a big piece to try and fill that hole and get it done to get Dallas to be able to defend that run a little bit better, figure out the players they may need to target in free agency and target in the draft, work with Mozzie Smith as long as those, along with the defensive line coach uh, and assistant D-line coach they hired. All those guys are going to be part of trying to make sure that that first-round pick you lose, used last year on Mozzie Smith is going to turn into something positive for you. Uh, that wasn't necessarily the case last season in his rookie season. Can you make something more out of that? Uh, they're going to be spending some effort on that, and I think in the run game he'll be using him too. And again, another guy will see his relationship with Micah Parsons in the run defense. Does he try to get him more involved in that run defense? Uh, different ways to look at that. All right, let's get back to the text line. We'll get back to some Cowboys talk. 512-447-3776. Uh, let's see. Texter says not to take anything away from Kansas City Super Bowl win, and I'm glad they did. But how much of them getting uh, there was influenced by Taylor Swift and the increase in ratings she brings, especially after Baltimore's debacle? Always follow the all, always follow the money. None, none, zero percent, zero percent was that. I I don't think the NFL was rigging games to let Kansas City go win another one. I don't think it was an elaborate plan. I don't think any of that. I think the Kansas City's really good in the playoffs because they won a Super Bowl last year without Taylor Swift. I don't think that now they got in and got the free pass and they said, well, the Cowboys are too good. We can't let them in because that'll stop Taylor Swift. They'll beat him in the playoffs. We know that. We have to let Jordan Love beat him. I don't, I don't think anything was set up that way. I think Baltimore didn't run the football and they lost. They didn't run the football. And then San Francisco in the second half didn't run the football. And you had to understand that Kansas City, as good as that defense was, their secondary their secondary defense was always going to be better than their run game defense. And the run game defense was pretty good in the playoffs. But they didn't keep running the ball. And you have to keep running the ball against this team. And everybody stopped doing it when they had initial success. When Kansas City had initial success against the run, they said, screw it, we'll just start throwing it. And it didn't end well for anybody. They got off the field too much, gave Patrick Mahomes too much time, and you can't give Patrick Mahomes too much time. So, None. I'm not a conspiracy guy on that. I don't think any of it's fixed. I don't think any of it's done in point shaving or any of that other stuff. I, I know it's a popular opinion now because it's easier than facing the truth that, that it just ends up that certain people are winners and certain people aren't. I know that's a harder thing to, to swallow, 
than this massive conspiracy where everybody's going around to screw you personally and help out the Kansas City Chiefs and and screw Kyle Shanahan for some reason that they hate San Francisco, which is a bigger city, and they keep helping a smaller market city win, even though I know it's Taylor Swift, it's still a smaller market city, and all somehow all of the owners who own the league are all okay with it because, well, well, we'll get the Taylor Swift money, which they don't really get the money. Vegas got the money. So there was some, you know, a little bit more of the run, but you also know that we'll probably go down next season, so it's not a great long-term plan. The conspiracy doesn't take a lot of grant. And the reality is any NFL conspiracy that doesn't equate for the fact that there's 30 billionaires who don't like each other and they would all have to agree to let someone else win. That's why I don't think the conspiracies hold water. Because I don't think Jerry Jones is walking in there and go, oh, Taylor Swift's going to watch the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, we'll lose. We'll lose, to the pa- we'll lose to the Packers. That's fine. And if they're not the ones making those decisions and it's just Roger Goodell making those decisions, that seems crazy to me too because he works for the owners. The, NBA, the NFL is owned by the owners. So they have to make the decision that they're all going to lose, and I just don't see that happening. So, no. No, I don't see that. Uh, let's go. All right, we'll go. And Nate says, people forget. Uh, people forget. He also says, Grace Dunker, LeBron's mom, for dunking on Delonte West. You can't, you can't make fun of people that you know have mental health issues like Delonte West. It's, it's very rude, Nate. I hope for the best for Delonte West. I haven't heard anything. I know Mark Cuban tried to help him out a few years ago, but I don't know. Uh, if that's stuck or not. Uh, people forget about the really, really good players. We love them. They don't get into a Hall of Fame. And they like Darren Woodson doesn't get the credit he should. And I know that's the name just because that's the one that's most recent. But there's been great players before. And, it, you know, you see why players, when they get in the Hall of Fame, why it's so important to them. Because they know it's, you know, people have kids to have a legacy. And they don't do a great job with them all the time. But that people want to have a legacy. And, and when you talk about, well, you're in the Hall of Fame. You got to that point. You can share your legacy. And now you can share your message to raise more money for charity and, and raise more money, raise more awareness for the game. I, I just prefer that to, to trying to hold people out because of writers don't think they deserve in. And look, I'm a media person. I get it. But I don't think I should be deciding whether or not somebody who is much more talented than I did and, and sacrificed more for the game should be in or out of the league. I'm not saying I'm the one who should be, have final say of that one either. I think if you go, no, they're really good. But I'd vote, I'd vote a lot more guys in than other people do. I'll tell you that much. Uh, text says that Super Bowl game came down to just a couple plays that did not go San Francisco's way. That's it. Yeah, and I mean, you're talking about they figured out how to move uh, to to muff a punt, and the guy missed that he shouldn't have gotten out of the way, and that like all those things that happen. It just doesn't it doesn't equal out the way. Uh, Casey was called for the most holding calls throughout the year, but didn't get called for any of the Super Bowl. Hmm. No one gets called for holds in the Super Bowl historically. They've gone through and done the records. Uh, there's very few holds called in the Super Bowl. There just aren't. They just don't call them very often. People hate them. They're questionable calls. They usually let them go. Uh, they don't want quarterbacks to get hurt in the Super Bowl either. Uh, there's a number of reasons. But just historically, if you go through it, this could be a problem every year. We just live in an era now where people can go online and point out very simple things and go, well, this is a conspiracy now. And it's not. It's always been that way. There's never been that many holds called in the Super Bowl. There's a couple articles that came out about it recently. Uh, if you want to go find them, I, I maybe I'll try and find one. But uh, there, there's been a couple articles about that where they're like, it's not, it's not an anomaly that Kansas City wasn't called for holds. Uh, it's because they just don't call them in the Super Bowl. And players know that, and so they hold a bit more in the Super Bowl. And sure, they held San Francisco, and San Francisco held Kansas City. It's, it's what it is in football. That, I mean, they, they want to protect the quarterback. 
They don't want the, – the, the worst thing in the, in the world for, for the NFL and every owner is you put two quarterbacks and Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes go down the Super Bowl and everybody goes, crap, what a crappy league. That's what they don't want. So if you're saying they fixed it to not get their quarterbacks injured, yes, they make rules to make sure their quarterbacks are not injured. They do that. I uh, want to give you this real quick. We'll go through this, and we may talk about it again another day because we, we'll run on time on this one. Uh, but I, co- I have five free agents. We talked about five free agents for the long run. Keep the text coming, by the way, 512-447-3776. Uh, five free agents for the Texans yesterday that are going to be free agent decisions that they have to make. Five free agents for the Cowboys. Uh, we'll go through those. There's a big difference between the, the Texans and the Cowboys free agents, though. The Texans free agency, they have $56 million to spend, so they're going to pick a little bit more of who they want to bring back and who they can, you know, where they can find the money and, and all that. The Cowboys are over the cap. Until, until they, you know, re-sign a couple players and, you know, renegotiate some contracts, they're trying to cut cap. So they don't necessarily have the room to sign a lot of these guys, but they want to bring in more talent. Jerry said he's going all in again as well, so you have to see those. So let's start off with uh, the cornerback position and Stephon Gilmore, because it's not just Stephon Gilmore in this decision, but we'll start with him. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, you know, he made, his last contract was two for 20, 33 years old. You don't figure he's going to get two for 20 again. He's also coming off a shoulder injury. He's going to be dealing with shoulder rehab. Uh, he, you know, he's a pretty good player, but you have to figure out where you're going to go with your cornerback position with Mike Zimmer. I think Stephon Gilmore, he's talked highly about him before in the past. Uh, he's ranked by PFF. That's the number we're going to look at for free agency grades. Uh, he's the fifth highest rate uh, free agent for cornerbacks in the NFL free agency this offseason. But they do have a couple of options. Deron Bland was in the nickel, came up, played alongside uh, Gilmore when Trayvon Diggs went down. Trayvon Diggs coming back, do you just move Deron Bland in that number two, and you don't want to pay for Stephon Gilmore to be a number three? His number's not going to be there. They're figuring he could make around seven or eight million dollars this year uh, on a two or three year deal. So if you say he gets a two year deal around fourteen million, fourteen fifteen million, that may be a little more than they want to spend on the quarterback when they can go out and have Jordan Lewis, who's also a free agent, didn't have his you know had a better year this year when he got put in the nickel, and you play with uh, Trayvon Diggs on one side, Bland on the other, and Jordan Lewis there in the nickel he's a free agent too his number seems a little bit lower now he's somebody that may be trying to get poached by Dan Quinn we know he's somebody the Lions are looking at as well as they're trying to build up their secondary Gilmore will be that too but Jordan Lewis is somebody a little lower on the radar that the Cowboys might be able to get for cheaper might be able to get for a you know three year you know three or ten million or something like that where it's a little bit easier to get him that's something they could look at uh, in the free agency. I wouldn't expect they keep Gilmore and Jordan Lutis, so one of them is probably gone. And as much as you like to keep Gilmore, unless he gives that home court, that hometown discount, it seems unlikely they bring him back. They keep Deron Bland. Now, I've also said I'm open to trading Deron Bland if I'm a Cowboy just because I know his value could be as high as it'll ever be. And if I get a first for him, I think that might be value if you're not going to be able to keep him in two years to go for that. Or a first in a player or something like that, I, I, I'd look into it. But if I'm keeping Deron Bland and Tra- Trayvon Diggs, you may have to go the cheaper route with Jor- uh, Jordan Lewis instead of Stephen Gilmore. Uh, we also look at the left tackle position, Tyron Lewis. He's ranked 34 years old, still ranked in the PFF uh, offensive tackle free agent rankings as the first best available. We know the Chiefs have interest because they feel they can get him. Now this is the question. Will he again do what he did on his last contract? And he has not played a full season since 2015. Cowboys knew that. His last contract, they gave him an incentive-based contract. Uh, 
They gave him a contract that said, look, if you play this many games, we'll, we'll pay you more money. But we don't think you are. We're going to bet against that you're going to play all these games. And that's what they end up doing with an incentive-based contract. If he's not, he's probably going to make around 13 to $15 million a year. Uh, could be too much for the Cowboys to reach for. They got Tyler Smith. They feel could be their left tackle of the future. Uh, they could try to make some other decisions there. We know he's going to take value on the road. If he gives him that incentive-based contract with a low salary cap number, uh, that'll be a lot more likely that the the Cowboys try to go for that, especially in a one-year deal. He may ask for two. If he gets a one-year deal, I could see him coming back. Without that one-year, two-year deal, uh, probably not going to come back there either. And that leads you to Tyler Biotish at the center position. Fifth best free agent center, according to PFF. But he's 26 years old. He's been on that great contract. He's a fourth-round pick. He's overperformed for the fourth-round pick selection that he was. He's been a good court. He's been a good center. He went to the Pro Bowl one year, a couple years ago. He's been doing pretty well at the center position, but not an all-pro, not the best. So where do you feel he's going to end up if you're going to give him that three- or four-year deal to try and get the best number out of him and get that lowest salary cap number this year? When you're talking about, if you're looking at a, a center like that, possibly getting 9 to $10 million a season in that range, that could be difficult for the Cowboys unless they extend him longer. So they may have to ask the question, do we want to go longer term, a three-, four-year deal with Tyler Biotish so we can lock him up? And also, we know that we have you know, a little bit more room to play with this season because we're going to put the money further back on the back end of it, and we'll get to that point when we get there. Uh, I think that that's somebody who could resign, and you're going to have to bring him back and take a risk that he continues to improve. But at 26, uh, a decent possibility. So if you're going to let Gilmore go, bring back Lewis, let go Tyron Smith, stick with Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotish may be that piece where you have to make that decision and go with him. Otherwise, you're going to have to go out in free agency and try and get a better center than him. And without the money to really bid against people might be a bit of an issue. Uh, then we can go down to J. Ron Curse, 30-year-old safety. Didn't have his best year. His number's going to go down. This may be somebody you can bring back for cheap, unless Dan Quinn really is a fan of him. He allowed 34 catches on 41 targets this year. This was not his best year. Mike Zimmer likes what he sees. You may be able to get him for a little bit cheaper, two years, six million. If he's a, Mike Zimmer is a fan, interesting free agent to bring back because this is one where, especially on a one-year deal, could definitely want to come back uh, for the for the Cowboys to prove that he does have the value at 30 to get another deal at 31. They may be able to get him on a cheap one-year deal. And then finally, we'll say Tony Pollard. Uh, we know that's the elephant in the room, 26 years old, uh, was franchise tagged for $11 million last year, did not perform like that, coming off the big surgery uh, in, the, in the leg injury and the broken leg. Uh, he's ranked as the fourth-best free agent running back. If you're the Cowboys, you need two running backs, but you can't pay top price. For a guy who doesn't seem to be able to be the bell cow back, he was looking better at the end, but never good enough to be the guy. So unless he's willing to take a big pay dump, which I don't think he is, I think he'd rather go somewhere else and prove himself. I think there's another guy you might have to let walk for the Cowboys. And so it's a different position. We know that Jerry Jones loves his guys. We know that Jerry Jones wants to keep Dallas Cowboys and wants to have Cowboys for life. There's a lot of free agents that he may have to let walk this year just to try and make the salary cap work and go out there and really try to go all in. Try and bring in some other running back help. Draft some other help on the offensive line instead of continuing to re-sign the guys that he knows he likes. Unless they give those team-friendly deals, I'm normally against not paying guys. But I think for Jerry, there's five free agents there, and you may not be able to pay them all. I think you should bring back Gilmore if he gives you the right deal. But if not, Jordan Lewis is a decent option. He did okay for you at the end of last season. Uh, I bring him back. I bring back Tyler Biotish. And everybody else, unless J. Ron Curse says, I want another one-year prove-it deal to show I can be better than I was last year, 
that's out of my top five. That's who I'm going with. Uh, what do you guys think? Let me know on the text line, 512-447-3776. If you have somebody you think the Cowboys need to bring back, need to get rid of, who they need to go after in free agency, send that stuff in on the text line, 512-447-3776. You want to talk Texas basketball, All-Star Weekend, who is the greatest dunker of all time, the poll of the day, send all those in on the text line. We'll come back. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain with Rob Babers. We come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn. Back on the Sports Complex on a 5-1-2 Friday. Plenty of local artists. You can go check out Around Town Live this weekend. This. This is uh, Ray Prim. Going to be playing tomorrow night at the O4 Center uh, with Eric and Michelle. Two really good artists. You can go check out tomorrow night at the O4 Center. A cool venue. Uh, Ray Prim, super talented guy. Uh, always fun to go check out Ray Prim does an awesome job uh, if you want to go check out a really cool show tomorrow night at the O4 Center. If you're not watching All-Star Weekend, you are done with football season. You say it's time to go enjoy life. Go check out uh, Ray Prim and Erica Michelle at the O4 Center tomorrow night. will be a ton of fun out there, I'm sure. Uh, to get back to a texter who said about the holding penalties, I found a tweet about it. It's not the one I was looking at, but uh, it does say they, there's been seven holding penalties called in the last six Super Bowls, seven total Holding penalty, offensive holding penalties called in the last seven, six Super Bowls. So you're averaging just over one a Super Bowl. There's just not that many called. They're trying to protect quarterbacks. The guys who get to the Super Bowl don't get called for as many. And I know the Chiefs got called for a ton early in the season. You also have to remember early Chiefs and later Chiefs are two different teams uh, this season. But just, just a note that that's one of those ones for the conspiracy. I, they just were trying to swallow their whistles a lot for the holding penalties. They do that a lot. Uh, text lines open, 512-447-3776. Dexter says, do you think Zimmer will be as enthusiastic with Obershawn as Quinn was? Uh, I mean, not for the same reasons, but I assume, yes, I, I think that he will love, and I think that everyone in the Cowboys will love getting another linebacker back into that system uh, You know, with all the injuries and everything they've had. I think they're going to love being able to get a linebacker uh, for Mike Zimmer. He's going to enjoy what everything that Obershawn can do. I don't know if he's going to use him as a blitzer as much, uh, but we'll see. But I, I think that he's looking forward to it, and I think Obershawn is probably jumping 
to get back on the field and go play. Uh, Ramtex69 says, I'm, even, I'm not even a fan of Casey or Swift necessarily, but she just donated $100,000 to the family of someone killed at the post-parade shooting. Does someone out there think that she or the NFL owners were in, in on that somehow too? No. Uh, come on now. It's frustrating, but on Sunday, they were just better. When it mattered the most, every game ends handing 50% of uh, fans a loss unless it is unless it ends in a tie and then everyone sucks for everyone. Yeah, no, I get that. And that's what I'm saying. I just don't – I get that it's a fun thing to look at conspiracies. And, man, I, I, I enjoyed smoking weed when I was younger too. But – uh, I'm over it now, and I, I don't like necessarily trying to ruin everything that I love by saying that everything is fixed and there's no chance to win and all that. I, why would I watch sports? If I believe that they were truly fixed, why would I watch? Because it doesn't make any sense. And I, I've watched enough, and I watch tons and tons to firmly believe it and know people involved in it, have talked to people involved in it, uh, and that it's not. And I know people will believe that there's still point shaving and everything else because some people are going to always be a victim, and there's no way that they just messed up and – and miss free throws or whatever else. It's, you know, I, it is what it is. Uh, but no, I, I won't play that. That's why I'll read that text and it'll tell you no. No, I do not think it had anything to do with it. Uh, let's play the sound. Hook him up behind. Uh, Rod Babers went behind the burn orange curtain as he does every day on Hook Him Up with Ian Rod B. Some good stuff today on the show. Give you a little of that on a Hook Him Up replay here on the Sports Complex. All right, let's talk a couple of items here, Texas football-related. We'll try to get through as many of them as we can. Uh, apparently, the coaching carousel in the NFL has affected the Texas Longhorns once again. Uh, less than four weeks after it was revealed that William Gay, uh, the former NFL cornerback, mostly with the Pittsburgh Steelers, was going to join the Texas staff as a defensive analyst, uh, that is not going to be the case. Because the Washington Commanders announced he's going to be an assistant defensive backs coach for Dan Quinn. Mm. So um, I believe that means there's a spot open, an analyst spot open for Sark. So I'm assuming they're going to either promote somebody to their defensive analyst role or, you know, they, maybe they'll go to the NFL once again and go look for another defensive analyst. Remember, William Gay uh, was drafted by the Steelers, had been with the Steelers for, I mean, almost a decade uh, off and on, had actually had two two separate stints with the Steelers, uh, his initial stint, and then he actually went to the Cardinals, I think, for a while, then came back to the Steelers. I was really excited about this because he had worked with some of the best defensive minds in all of football, had worked with Dick LeBeau for a while. Dick LeBeau is a Hall of Fame uh, coordinator uh, in the NFL as a defensive mind. Uh, he also had worked with Mike Tomlin, of course. Mike Tomlin's a head coach, but Mike Tomlin famous he was a defensive back coach my defensive back coach in Tampa um, so I thought he was actually going to bring a lot of uh, wisdom experience uh, possible solutions problem solving aspects to uh, that Texas defense as an analyst that will not happen because William Gay is uh, staying in the NFL so Texas has to find another defensive analyst not I nominate sh- Rod Babers uh, I would love to do it I'd love to do it hey you know what and uh, hey if I get a call I'm all, I'm all for it I mean I, they might post a position too but uh, I don't know what they're going to do with that position that's going to be interesting um, okay, so the uh, the other uh, news here, uh, Steve McMichael, Steve Bam Bam McMichael, hospitalized yesterday, just throwing that out there. He, uh, I, I believe, uh, they said he has pneumonia. Uh, I believe he was diagnosed with pneumonia. So they're going to be monitoring him, obviously, giving his, his health and how fragile it is. Um, almost any change can be considered, you know, negative. Um, so they're monitoring him right now, and I believe he had to – 
be in the hospital for them to do that. So for everybody who was wondering about uh, Steve McMichael, and I actually got a chance to see uh, his wife at the Super Bowl because of the uh, they were they were celebrating the Hall oh, wow. of Fame class. Um, so she was great. She was in there and she was there in great spirits as well. But uh, yeah, so Steve Bam Bam McMichael, uh, legendary lifetime Longhorn, in the hospital right now dealing with pneumonia. Um, okay, uh, here's a uh, Bucky Brooks did a really good write up for NFL.com. Bucky Brooks does a great job studying the draft, breaking down the draft, and he had his top five. NFL draft prospects by position, and he ranked. And I was actually surprised how many Longhorns end up making uh, his list. And I shouldn't be because a lot of Longhorns are getting drafted. He's got Jay Brooks as his top running back on the board. God, that's almost unanimous. At it is point. unanimous. I haven't seen any other uh, draft analyst with another running back ahead of him. So Johnny Brooks, top running back on the board. Uh, he's followed by Trey Benson, Blake Corum, uh, Bucky Irving, I think was his fourth running back he's got there. Uh, quarterbacks, of course, I mean, just for the sake of discussion, they got Caleb Williams. He's got Jaden Daniels, though, ahead of Drake May. Remember I told you guys, you'll get more and more, who are, more and more draft analysts who are going to put Jaden Daniels ahead of Drake May. It's not a guarantee that Drake May is going to be the second quarterback taken. There are a lot of people that actually like uh, Jay Daniels ahead of him. And you know whose name is starting to skyrocket up at draft boards, at least in the mock draft world? J.J. McCarthy. People are starting to say that J.J. – I guess Jim Harbaugh's offense gave us the uh, – maybe the – maybe they gave us the misperception that he was a game-managing quarterback and didn't have high-level traits, uh, physical traits at quarterback. But there are a lot of scouts now that are saying that J.J. McCarthy is fast is a fast riser and his draft stock is increasing. He's got him fifth. He's got him behind Penix and Drake May. It's interesting because I, I, I remember watching in his junior year, whatever the year, not this past year, but the year before, watching J.J. McCarthy and thinking, you know what, he's got some – um, you know Joe Burrow to his game. The way he can escape, the way he can escape, the way he can not just escape, but buy time, keep yep. plays alive. Uh, and then, of course, they got to the national championship game last year, and he threw the two pick sixes mm-hmm. against TCU. Uh, had a bad game there, and TCU had him booked, had him read pretty quick. And you wonder coming into this year with Jim Harbaugh, knowing how talented they were, they really pared back the uh, offense and yeah. just said, you know what. We can win this with our defense Just and our running the game. game. Yeah, we, we're gonna we, we look at the schedule we got. We we can That's beat most point. teams with our depth, our 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 defense, our offensive defensive line. Let's just not make mistakes. And you wonder, because he, he he looked more dynamic as a junior as he did or as a sophomore than he did last year. Okay, yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Because like I said, I think based on the film this year, people thought he was a game manager. Yeah, well, and that's probably like, what they made him. Yeah, and it's like, well, if Jim Harbaugh's got you managing the game, why the, why the hell we draft you really high as a high-level quarterback to be yeah. a franchise guy? So that's a really good point, though, because I do remember you saying that last year. And I remember it stood, I was like, oh, really? Well, and I, and I also, I mean, remember in his introductory news conference, Jim Harbaugh made the prediction that he'd, he'd be, be the first the, quarterback draft. He'd be 1 1. Yeah, he said he'd be the first. He said, when it's all said and done, you guys are going to be taking him 1 1. But that's a coach, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. supporting his player, but indicating he thinks he'll get drafted higher than people are thinking. And to he, your point right here. Right now, he's rising up draft boards. He really is. Uh, wide receiver, no Longhorn cracked his top five. His top five Marvin Harrison Jr., Romo Dunze, Malik Neighbors, Keon Coleman, and he's got uh, Brian Thomas Jr. So he's got two LSU receivers in that uh, in that top five, along um, with Romo Dunze and Keon Coleman and Marvin Harrison Jr. Everybody's got Marvin Harrison Jr. actually at the top of their board. Tight ends, though, he's got J.T. Sanders, the number two tight end, which also I think is pretty universal. Brock Bowers is the number one tight end. He's got J.T. Sanders, uh, number two, followed by Kate Stover from Ohio State, Theo Johnson from Penn State, and A.J. Barner from Michigan. Yeah, Michigan's all over this damn thing. Uh, and yeah, he's got Michigan's guys are everywhere. 
Uh, the other Longhorns that are represented, of course, on the uh, interior D-line, he's got the D-tackles. He's got actually Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat second and third. He's got the Illinois defensive tackle, uh, Jer- uh, was it Jerzon Newton? He's got him number one overall. Then Michigan's, Michigan, Michigan's Chris Jenkins is number four. Uh, then Missouri's Darius Robinson, the number five D tackle on Bucky Brooks's big board. Um, and that's, uh, that's about it, actually, for uh, uh, the Longhorns that are represented here. But I was, I mean, you got four, he, he's made his top five at every position. Um, you got four Longhorns represented at top five at their position. Uh, nobody higher than Jonathan Brooks, who's considered the top running back on the board. So there you go. I mean, it looks like uh, you're going to have a lot of representation. And the way this is slotted, I think it'll end up, like I said, being that, that second round where you're going to have four to five Longhorns drafted in that second round. That's going to be real, real big. That's going to be huge. Uh, I think that'll be, I don't know if there's been a second round where Texas had that, any round actually, where Texas had that many players drafted in a particular round. So I think that's the round to watch after Byron Murphy. You have a lot of folks that end up in that second round. It may be even E.D. Mitchell. He could sneak into the first round. We've talked about that. When Mel Kuyper was asked, what of the wide receivers, which is the deepest position in this draft, which uh, wide receiver do you think has, is underrated, underappreciated the most? He said the Texas guys. Um, he said the Texas guys, and he meant A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy um, being kind of underappreciated and underrated wide receivers coming out in this class. All right, next time we go behind the Burners curtain, we'll uh, get into what a lot of uh, college football fans are excited about right now, which is the, uh, the, the reveal of the trailer for the EA Sports College Football 2025 video game. Uh, so a lot of uh, college football fans are excited about this, mostly trying to figure out where their best players on their team, how highly rated they're going to be and what their overall rating will be. Um, will you have a 99 on this game? Yeah. What will be Quinn Ewers rating? Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Quinn Ewers should be the highest rated Longhorn on the video game. Well, let me ask you this, and Ty can weigh in. When the video game comes out, because I've not played this game, when the video game comes out, will it be for last year or will it be for this year? It'll be for the upcoming year. Yeah. Now, you can play, like, legacy stuff, and so I, I believe it lets you go back sometimes. And, so it'll be for the upcoming season. Yeah, and you can – and if you, I think Ty may know this better than me. You can build, a, a, like, last year's roster if you want to play with that team. You can always kind of just build a okay. roster and yeah, stuff going yourself. Yeah. That's, that's very tedious. But it is tedious, but I know a lot could, of people you, that – You could do that. A lot that. of people do that. But, no, yeah, that, the, the, the rosters will be – like, is usually before um, – I mean, it, it was – semi-accurate and that's why they got in trouble because they weren't giving players any money like and they weren't the names weren't in it this year the names will be like the actual player names will be in the game before it would be like you know uh vince young number 10 and it'd be six five 220 pound quarterback with 97 speed and you know so it's gonna be very cool to have actual like player faces and stuff like that that's gonna be brand new i'm very excited for this game very cool. Okay, well, so we'll talk about that. We'll take your thoughts on who will be the highest-rated Longhorns because they, they rate them from, from 99 as the highest down, right? It'll be Quinn, but nobody should get a 99. That's the whole thing. They get, you can't just be giving out 99s. 99 means you're an all-time great. 99 means you're like a, a goat. Like Patrick Mahomes. you got to be yeah. You got to be at the Heisman, the Heisman finals. Maybe you get 99. So I hope they don't just frivolously just throw out really high scores to folks. I hope they actually are the, really smart about it. because Would it be Quinn or Kelvin Banks is the highest-rated Longhorn? That's a good Quinn. question. Gonna, it's going to be Quinn. It's going to be Quinn. Yeah, they'll do it just because it's a quarterback thing. They'll, yeah. It'll be Quinn overall. But Kelly Banks will probably be the second highest rated Longhorn. In the last, in the last game, Johnny Manziel, I think, was one of the only 99s. And he was unstoppable. Exactly. 
Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's kind of the whole and point of a Robert 99. Griffin the year before that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You can only give out like two or three of them a college football And season. think about this. Since the last one came out in 2013, they couldn't do like roster updates back then. So, so mm-hmm. now, weekly, it's going to be like Madden where they'll like tweak. If somebody breaks out or something, they won't just remain whatever overall they would start, start at the year at. They'll, they'll you know, change it every week, which is I think yeah. is going to make the game a lot better. Yeah, right, there we go. That. that was uh, that, that trailer became uh, oh, it blew up. <laughs> it blew up like crazy yesterday. Cannot wait for that game to come out. All right, we'll take our last break. We'll come back and wrap it up here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons only on the Horn. All right, we got to wrap things up. Uh, my bad chances. Chances on winning tomorrow's game against Houston at eh, 25%. Maybe that's generous, 25%. I, I wish I could say it was better. I hope it's better. I hope we come out and beat them, but I, I'd say 20 25% is what I'll give them right now. Uh, I do love, if you like betting, uh, the all-star game bets. Uh, the Western Conference, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under, 364.5. That's a lot of points expected in the all-star game. And for anybody who follows uh, celebrity dating, C.J. Stroud was seen leaving a charity softball game with Amber Rose. She has said, we don't know each other. He was just nice enough to give me a ride back to the hotel. So, crisis averted, Houston Texans fans. <laughs> C.J. Stroud's not entering that world. All right, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back on Monday to break it all down, all the action on the weekend. And hopefully, hopefully, a Texans, win, a Texas Longhorns win and a big weekend in baseball. Till then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. We'll see you right back here on Monday. <laughs>